Hello and welcome back to Feasts of Film. My name is Cole and I am your host for this podcast. And with me today is the one, the only Joshua. Yo, yo, yo. Ooh. Hey, oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, that was pretty good. Yeah, I, I didn't screw it up. All right, today we were hopefully going to have a special guest, but she couldn't make it today. So that's... Sad, but Sad. maybe maybe one day we'll have Joshua's fiance on here. Amanda, if you're listening, come on the podcast. Hey, maybe by that time she'll be Mrs. Holland. Miss Holland. M- M- Mrs. Holland, you're right. I don't know why. That's, <laughs> excuse me. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, so yeah, we're going to have her on the podcast. I feel like this is a, a would have been a good movie to have a female on, but uh, you know what? Two guys hanging out and just talking about a podcast what's what's better than that talking about a romantic movie too. right yeah i know so. like just there's nothing it's we're tw- just roommates okay yeah, we're just roommates um nothing nothing else going on there that's a inside joke that none of you will ever get from this <laughs> podcast i don't think but today we are looking at a special movie no more debates by the way thank you for listening to our christmas debates but we are just looking until at a movie year. until next year maybe sooner than you think wink wink i don't know just 361 more days. I'm yeah. Sorry, I don't know how many Three, days. 330, this, whatever, subtracting 25 days from the 1st <laughs> December. Whenever the next Friday in December is. <laughs> but today we are looking at a New Year's movie. Very Ooh. few of these out there, but I found one. I found the only one, of course. And this is of the same like that a movie I reviewed two years ago called Valentine's Day is like, this movie is called New Year's Eve. Yeah, I feel like the reason why there's not a lot of New Year's movies is because, uh, you know, it's it's a popular holiday, but it's overshadowed by Christmas because Christmas yeah. just got done. Yeah. Christmas I, just overshadows yeah. things. Um, so, yeah, we um, are going to be looking at New Year's Eve today. It's, it's a, like I said, it's like Valentine's movie. Excuse me. Like I said, it's like Valentine's Day in the sense of it has a huge cast, which we'll get into, has about seven or eight storylines going on. But do they click? We will find out. We will find out. But we've already watched this movie, so I mean, there's really not much to to say here. So you ready to jump into it, Joshua? Let's do it. Before we do a summary of this movie, I do want to like go through how I felt coming into the movie. Um, and I'll get your, your thoughts, Joshua, too. Because when I listen to my Valentine's Day podcast, I ask myself certain questions like we used to do. And I, I just like, I just wanted to get my thoughts on how do I feel like this movie is going to go. So this is literally what I wrote down. I, I said, uh, I wrote last night, I feel like I'm going to hate this movie. <laughs> I, feel, I will be annoyed by the characters, bored by the story. But Ashton Kutcher gives me hope that I'll enjoy the story somewhat. Uh, overall, I believe. <laughs> I think the acting will be adequate. I think the story will be lackadaisical. I think the overall themes will be cliche and that this movie will overstay its welcome. And Joshua's hopeful. Well, I mean, I wasn't there when you watched the Valentine's Day one. You you better be so glad. (laughs) You better be so glad you weren't with me. That was so terrible. I would give it a watch. No, we can't. You don't have to be there. I can watch it on my own. Listen, uh, listen, it's my life mission to make sure no one else has to watch that movie ever again. I'm going to buy every single copy there is. All 400 of them. But, I mean, it. I just remember listening to that podcast. And it's like, man, he really hates this movie. <laughs> and I listened back to it today just to, like, see how I felt about this movie coming into this podcast. And I, I still hate that movie. <laughs> like, looking back, I remember, like, going to the story. I was like, this is so bad. But anyway, uh, yeah, so that's how we felt. You, but, Joshua, coming to this movie, you felt hopeful. 
that it might be at least an adequate watch. Yeah, yeah. I because I hadn't seen Valentine's Day. You, you, um, yeah. I didn't have that pessimism <laughs> that you do. That you did. It's it's still there. It's still there. All right, so let me give you guys a summary for this. And the way we're going to do this, we're just going to kind of go through and talk about each storyline as it develops. Yeah. Or not as it develops. We're going to talk about each storyline as as one small piece of a puzzle. So everything that happens in this movie that has to do with the one storyline, we're going to talk about all at once, if that makes sense. So our, our one of our main storylines I titled The Ball Drop, starring Claire Morgan, as played by Hilary Swank, and Brendan, who is actually played by Ludacris. Ludacris. And l- let me point out, Chris Ludicolo. Is, is in the name because his name is apparently Chris Ludacris Bridges. Um, well, Ludacris is like in air quotes, you know. Sure oh, yeah, yeah. It's like in name. air quotes. Yeah. There's another rapper in this movie, too, that I've never heard of that plays in this movie, and we'll get to him. Um, he's a poli- Brendan is a police officer in front of Claire, and then Lester Kaminsky, a master electrician let go by uh, the Times Square Alliance played by Hector Elizondo. Hector? Hector? I don't know how to say his name. Hector. Hector. Uh, he is, uh, he played in the Princess Diaries back in the day as the bodyguard for Princess Diaries. Yes. Wait. I don't know the main queen's name. I almost said Princess Diana, but she's not playing Princess Diana. That's totally different. Well, he failed at his job. I think, I think trying to protect back in the day, I did think that was Princess Diana. Like she was playing that and like Anne Hathaway supposed to take over. Also, you know, Princess Diana was supposed to play in something, but I can't remember what it was. Pot shots. Yeah, yes. no. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, yeah, let's, Joshua, let's dive into this storyline, like, real quickly. This is all about trying to get the ball, the drop right. Like, she's over, obviously, the ball drop in Times Square. Yeah, like, there was a couple scenes where, like, I guess she was doing, like, tours of it before. She's, yeah, she, like, she's, like, flipped like, the get, light on, and everybody's like, ooh. Yeah, I mean, she's trying to, like, hype it all up, you know, because yeah. it's it's the same song and dance every year. But she's like, oh, no, this is this is a big one. This is a good one. And uh, then there's a lighting malfunction, and so she has to call him Kaminsky, who got fired, like, a few weeks earlier. Yeah. And he's, yeah. like, not happy. He's like, I leave. I, I come back. I leave. Yeah, he's, I come like, back. Russian or something. Yeah, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know what. Well, that, in that first, at first, uh, he was saying that. They were gonna have to check each individual bowl. Yeah, it's like three thousand bowls. Yeah, was like, it? I think it was like thirty thousand because in this light, which I don't was this the actual big ball supposed to be the big ball that drops that uh, drops in Times Square? Okay, yeah. yeah. So, um, but he ends up getting it fixed, and Claire has to rush off to meet somebody. So, this was a decent storyline. I feel like you know going through this movie, it, it was a. It's not one that obviously could stand on its own, but in this hodgepodge of so many things going on. It was decent. Well, I feel like it's a pretty good story because of the fact that the ball in Times Square, that is the symbol of coming into the new year for yeah. a ton of people. And the fact that it won't light or anything like that. We're stuck like, in 20, oh, no. 2011 forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which takes place. Yeah. It, it takes place in 2011, by the way. Yeah. But I mean, it, it would have been a big deal to a lot of people. That would have been yeah, like if it, Santa didn't come. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for real. So I guess that I guess that is a good thing. But it, it honestly, it, it wraps itself up in 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 a amount of time, and it connects to another couple other stories. But there's really not a lot of substance to this. Yeah, uh, it's just like one of these well, minor things that you like go through the story again. Like I said, it it comes down to. You know, because they're going between so many stories. Yeah. They could only do so much in so much time. Yeah. Our second storyline I called The Resolution List, which has Paul Do- 
Paul Doyleman, who is a courier and hired by Ingrid, to, a oh, woman man, named man. Ingrid, to help her achieve all her resolutions, and played by Zac Efron. And then Ingrid is uh, played by Michelle Pfeiffer, and she is a secretary at Ahern Records who quits her job after her boss doesn't give her adequate pay, and she hates her job anyway. So she her first like resolution is to quit her job, and she's trying to check off the list of all the resolutions she's missed over the years. It's kind of like the bucket list, um, which is that Morgan Freeman movie that him oh, and yeah, some other yeah. guy were in that I never watched, but my parents have for some reason. And I made the point last night. I was like, is that he... He does not look very Efron. He Efron. Yeah, this is this, this is young. This is young Fron. This is young Efron. He's uh, a <laughs> Fron. Young Fraulein. Uh He is pretty <laughs> young in this movie. Uh, Ingrid hires him, Paul to help her achieve all the resolutions, and he it's it's a cute storyline. Like he, I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer is also a lot older than him. Let me point out, like she's twice his age, if not older. What, I mean, well, can we go ahead and talk about what? Uh, we'll get to it. Okay. Um, but he like, she wants to go see the world or go travel around the world. So he takes her on his moped around. She wants a to globe. experience life. Yeah. And so he, like he does a couple cool things. They go to like a Chinese bathhouse or something like that. Or oh Japanese yeah. She gets house. a massage. She gets, I don't know what they're doing here. She's on, a, she's in a theater, pl- a theatrical performance by herself on stage. Oh. And she, maybe it's like bungee jumping, something like that, but no one's there, but she's like, flying across the stage on these bungee I mean, cords. If it is like bungee jumping and they're, they're wanting to get it done before midnight. It's like yeah. You can only do so much. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he does all these variations of things and then he like calls his, his friend up cause she has promised him tickets to this masquerade ball that Ahern records is having. It's going to be like this big after party. He's like, there's going to be so many babes there. And he's trying to call his friend, Randy, who will get to, and uh, re- not our Randy, not our Randy, not no. Randy, who's not here today. Rest in peace. We love you. No, he's not dead. <laughs> he's just not here. <laughs> no, no, I just want him to rest. Oh yeah, please yeah. Rest, rest, rest up, Randy, rest in Randy. peace, in peace. And uh, so we, he calls his friend. He's like, bro, this girl, this woman's so pathetic. She's so dumb. I can't believe she's like. And I'm like, she's noted, noted they're in the same room. Yep. She's not far off. She's 20, not even 10 feet from him. Empty room. So it would echo. It's echoing. He's not being quiet at all. And she just like goes up to him. He's like, the, the deal's off. Like, you know, whatever. I'm pathetic. And it just cuts away from it. And we're like, that is, that, that honestly made the storyline a lot, lot worse. Now there's another part a little later on we'll get to that was even weirder. Uh, you know, let's just jump into it. So they go when, to the New Year's oh, resolution. Yeah. And uh, they are, uh, she's completed everything on her list except for getting kissed on New Year's Eve. And so he's about to leave. I don't think that's revealed until. Well, it's not, but I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, So she, she jumps to, it jumps to her on New Year's Eve. Like Like the ball has just dropped. The ball has just dropped and she's looking for someone to kiss and everyone else is kissing around her. And Zach Efron just comes back up and kisses her. And she's like, I'm twice your age. (laughs) And he's like, I like cougars. No, I just know what he says. He, he literally is like, so That's what his lips said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what did he say? Something along the so line. It's like your list is complete. Yeah. Now your list is complete. Like and then he takes her as his date to the after party. So I feel like there's air quotes date. He's, he was only dancing with her. And well, yeah, credit. because he's being nice. Sure. I think he, I think he, he saw Michelle Pfeiffer and, uh, Charlie's angels or Baywatch. We'd have to see the sequel to new year's Eve, new year's day. Yes. <laughs> new year's next morning. Like, do they wake up? <laughs> like, all right. And then we move on to a very dumb storyline that I, I, it's not the worst one, but it was not a good, well, it wasn't a great one called, I called the young and the restless with Sarah Jessica Parker as Kim, who is a uh, Paul's older sister. We find out. 
Abigail Breslin as Haley, uh, like a 17-year-old. Yeah, 17, 16-year-old girl. Maybe younger than that. Seth Anderson, played by Jake T. Austin, known from Wizards Wizard of Waverly, Waverly, Waverly Place, Place, the younger, younger brother. And then, basically, it's just about Kim having some issues because her daughter wants to hang out with all these yeah. people at, after midnight. And she's like, no, you can't do that. You, you're too young. So, Abigail... And she's a single mom. Or not Abigail. Haley runs, not runs away, but sneaks out to go hang out with her friends and she chases after her and then she realizes that it, she was a little selfish for doing so. And so she lets, she's like, you know what? Go hang out with your friends. I'm going to go. go meet this rent. Go. I got to go meet somebody. Like That's, Mike Wazowski, yeah. let yeah. it boo go. Go grow up. Yeah. Get, get out of here, you dumb, stupid animal. Go, go throw up. Go throw up. It's oh. the, uh, the bloopers. <laughs> yeah. Which we talked about last night. Go on. <laughs> throw up. But Haley, Joshua, you, you, you might want to like... You might want to prepare yourself for this. Haley sees Jake, sorry, sees Seth, her boyfriend, kissing another girl on New Year's Eve. Say what? Yes. It is intense. Mm, girl. The heat mm. in the room was high. Spike. Spiked. Spikes. Yes. You know. That's, is that, that Look is like that, a sauna is that what there. the kids say? It's, it's spiked. It's spiked. Yes. It's spiked so high. Like my bre- blood pressure. Yeah, like my, cl- my, cl- my, <laughs> my cholesterol. It. <laughs> it was as high as my cholesterol. And so Haley runs away all mad and sad. And she goes to run into her mom because her mom saw it happen. And then you just it's just a misunderstanding. She, he didn't want to kiss this other girl. She just kissed he really, him. He really didn't. He was just a hot guy. She was a, he was a skater boy. She said, see you later, boy. Um, no, no. He, he said, see you later, girl. Girl made her whirl around and come back to him. But they end up together and could, at the end, so it's fine. Could, could we make it more obvious? <laughs> Next, we move on to elevator issues. I couldn't think of a good name for this. Honestly, I, I, I feel like this one was probably the, the least interesting one. It wasn't. I, mm, I'll have to think through it. I think I did like it more. Because I'm not asking, saying it was bad, but it was just like. Nothing happened yeah. well, really let's, too much. Let, let's, let's jump into the story. Let's not keep these these people on the edge of their seats, Joshua. <laughs> Calm down. He is literally getting up all, and all, jumping all across two, the table. All two of them. Yeah, all, <laughs> all Randy and Amanda are getting so excited. And Chandler's not even listening, but does he ever? It, well. Yeah. So Randy is a guy, not our Randy. Uh, he, <laughs> is go, he hates New Year's Eve, and he is played by Ashton Kutcher, who gets stuck in an elevator with a woman named Elise, who's a backup singer for the pop star Jensen, Jensen. played by Leah Michelle. Laya? Laya? <laughs> who is also, both of them were also in Valentine's Day. They were, yes, both. Leah Michelle in Valentine's Day? I thought you said, I thought you said she was. Um, Jessica Beale. I thought you said the girl in the elevator with him hold was on, in Valentine's hold on, hold on, Day. Hold on, we got, we got to figure this out. Calm down, everyone, calm down. No. She's in New Year's Eve. Is she in Valentine's Day? The suspense. The suspense. I am hanging on. The suspenders. She is not in Valentine's Day. Oh, well, misunderstanding. I don't think. I don't see her. It was like a, uh, 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 what's her name? Uh, uh, Wizard of Waverly Place Boy and... Um, Jake T. Austin. Yeah, and uh, the girl. Oh, the, the other girl. Yeah, Misun- a total misunderstanding. 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 No one's fault. Nobody at fault here. Not pull to Haley. Yep, pull to Haley. Pull pull to whatever the name of that girl was. That literally, I think we meet twice. I think her name was Allison. 
Any Randy, so here's a storyline between these two. Randy hates New Year's and wants to be left alone. Elise is a backup singer who's start, uh, trying to get to her job uh, for Jensen for the new, you know the Times Square party that and he's going to be at. Of course, that's not revealed till a till later. Yeah, a little later. But they get stuck in the same elevator in their apartment complex together, and a relationship begins to kindle. They share life stories. Randy tells why he hates New Year's, and Elise sings for him. And he's a cartoonist, by the way. Once the elevator opens, Elise, 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 goodness, goodness. Elise rushes off right before they kiss to go to Times Square as a backup singer, but Randy rushes after her to return a balance bracelet. Those things that like, used to be popular back in the 2010s <laughs> uh, that she dropped. They then share a kiss before she sings the New Year's theme while Jensen mysteriously disappears. You see, I'm trying to leave all these on Ooh. cliffhanger because literally they're not do, 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 substantial do, 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 do. Yeah, I mean, that, it was, it was, this was like probably one of the shortest of all of these stories that we watched. Um, this one... And the young and the restless were probably two of the shorter stories. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then we get like one of the main storylines coming through here called the I called because I couldn't think of anything else. The pop star and the chef. I thought about like feast of oh, loneliness, yeah. singing the blues. No, no, that's what this is. Yes, this is what. Well, you're you're you <laughs> the know, Valentine's Day. Yes, one this was. is Valentine's <laughs> Day 2.0 where you have a fiance and I am still <laughs> alone. I'm okay with that. Ladies, ladies, listening. Amanda's friends. <laughs> so, uh, Daniel Jensen, played by Bon Jovi, John Bon Jovi, to be exact. Laura, his ex fiance, played by Catherine Heigl, and then uh, Sophia Ver- Vergara is in there as Ava, who she's like she's like a, the comic relief in that story. Yes, yeah, I mean. Yeah, she is. And it, this is one of the biggest storylines running through this movie because Jensen, the pop star, is performing at Times Square, not obviously played by Bon Jovi, which is kind of the joke. But he's more focused on winning his ex fiance back, who is catering the event uh, for the Ahern. 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 Ahern Masquerade Ball. Both end up encountering each other multiple times. She slaps him a couple times. Apparently, she slapped him pretty hard. Before, pretty good slaps. Yeah, pretty good slaps. And finally, a, an apology from Jensen puts them together at the end, and Jensen cancels his tour to be with Lara, but he also mysteriously disappears and doesn't finish his performance, which gives Elise, the backup singer, the chance to sing the New Year's theme. So that's how she gets her opportunity. And uh, this one was probably... I didn't like this one. I was not a fan of the story. It was just so... Ugh. Which one? Which Pop star and the chef, Jensen and Lara. Oh, oh, yeah. But I do, I do agree that it's, it's probably one of the bigger storylines because of the fact that he's the singer there. If he's not there, then a lot of people are going to get upset. And yeah, I just they. It's it's the same situation as like the ball dropping. Yeah, yeah. Like I, this I, is a staple of it. We need this. I get it. And thinking back on not not meaning that it's good. No, it's not at all. <laughs> yeah i just there's oh, we'll get to it we'll get to it I, <laughs> the next storyline we have is at death's door um, oh yeah we have stan harris played Rob, by robert de niro nurse amy played by halle berry and chino her nurse amy's husband played by common the rapper which uh i've never heard of so i don't, I don't know who he is sorry sorry common um, Stan is dying. He knows he may not live past the night due to cancer and he just wants to see the Times square ball drop in person Nurse Amy stays with Stan knowing what it's like to be alone on New Year's and they have like a connecting moment. This is one of the short, probably the shortest storyline in the whole thing. Like we barely see them in this movie. It's kind of meant to like draw at your heart a little bit, you know, give you those feels, but 
It really does not. Nurse Amy's relieved of her duties, and then she goes to video chat with her husband and soldier Chino, who we see for like, again uh, like two minutes. I would say that part was, was it was sad. it was a good, and it was near the end of the movie, so I was like, okay, like all right, we're getting we're getting the feels, like we've gotten. Not the feels everybody with, gets their happy ending. Yeah, I mean, and and he gets cut off, and then plot twist alert, plot twist, spoiler alert, whoop, whoop, spoiler whoop. alert. Uh, Stan is actually Claire, the vice president. If you if you don't know who Claire is, if you forgot, Claire is the vice president of Times Square Alliance, the one with the ball drop uh, storyline. And she comes to visit her dad and give him his last wish by taking him to go see the ball drop. By the way, I think we were talking through this part. He dies right after that. Yeah, did I was yeah. I like that's it. why she was sitting in that chair crying. I thought she was just and, and, in and, a and uh, the nurse was like, "Do you would you like to see what we like to do on New Year's and?" Take a look at the babies. That makes more sense. <laughs> that just, listen, I, this is the second one of these movies it, I've been is through. It, hey, is it getting you in the feels? No, it's just making me realize how much I didn't care about these characters. <laughs> <laughs> that literally, I missed the whole part where the dad dies. Like where Robert De Niro is just out of the movie. And I'm like, why is she sitting she, in a wheelchair? She took him out on the roof in the dead of winter. Yeah. Okay. It makes sense. But I'm just saying. When he was already dying of cancer. That, yeah. Well, she gave him his wish, which again, we have. She gave him death. She, he was the, the title of the storyline that I named it is at death's door or rather <laughs> on death's roof, I guess. So, but there could have been hope. No, there's no, no hope. She Did, killed, she she killed heard the doctor. Hope. She killed that. You hope. heard the doctor. He's like, he's going to die tonight. Hey, like, doctors can be wrong. Well, yes, but not in this movie. They're omnipotent in this movie. They know everything. Okay, you got me there. Omniscient, not omnipotent. They can't be everywhere. <laughs> oh, that's omnipresent. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I've got all my omnis mixed up. Um, omniscient, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. omniscience. Oh. Science is kind of like knowledge. Oh. And knowledge is half the battle. <laughs> yes. Doctors. Okay. The biggest warriors. <laughs> okay. Um, Jai Joe. Next, we moved on to a storyline I call $25,000 Baby. Oh yeah, this this one this one was pretty funny. This one was probably the most comedic and best at what it was doing, which has Tess Bine and Griffin Bine. Oh, Tess Bine played by yes, and also it was the story that was graced with the PG thirteen one F bomb boom 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 F bomb alert <laughs> F bomb bombs. Anyway, Tess and Griffin Bine, the uh, one pregnant couple played by Jessica Bill and Seth Myers. James Schwab and Grace Schwab, also uh, played by Till Schwager. I'll say also played by Till Schwager and Sarah Paulson, known for American Horror Story. Um, Bynes are about to have their first child when they ha- they hear another couple, the uh, Schwabs, the Schwab, 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 the Schwabs speaking about the chance to win twenty five thousand dollars if they are the if they have the first born baby of the year. Ooh, talk about a way to to make your mark is be the first born of twenty twelve. It then becomes a contest to see who can have their baby first, except neither one is ready to give labor. And after seeing the binds trying crazy tricks to induce, like including upside down yoga, eating anchovies, which she couldn't do, um, the binds have their baby first. But there's like a medicine he tried to give her, and she's like, "Go ahead and try it." Yeah, he tries it, and it doesn't bad. work. He's like, "It's bad." Um, they give up their chance at the winnings to give it to the Schwabs because they already have like two extra kids, and they're like, "Oh yeah, maybe we should give them." 
um, <laughs> the money. Which again, I got so I I did go on Wikipedia after we watched the movie to get more detail because I, I missed a lot. Like again, I didn't know the dad was dead. I was just like, why is she sitting in a wheelchair? Well, I, even when I was paying attention, I don't feel like it made it clear who won. It, it, it did not. Like none of this is clear. We'll, we'll get to. We'll get to it. Everyone, <laughs> okay, calm okay. down. Everyone, calm down. Okay. Calm down. Okay. Oh. Okay. You calm? It, it, you done? <laughs> And he's dead, just like Stan. <laughs> RV been, there I've been yet? Sitting out in the cold <laughs> is the last title of the storyline. RV there yet? My yes, th- this I like is that. A, this is the story. Really good. That was that's like really good. when I typed that out. I was like, Joshua will like this name of the story. Yes. <laughs> RV there yet? With our main character Josh Duhamel played playing Sam Ahern Jr who is a businessman and son of the late founder of Ahern Records, which is kind of like the big company around all these characters. And he's trying to get to the Ahern Records ball, masquerade ball we've been talking about, to give the speech for his company when his car breaks down. He really wrecks it, basically, because he's thinking about um, his friends getting married and then a girl that he will will get to. He catches a ride in an RV from a nice, strange family and recounts the story of how he met a mysterious woman a year ago, and then she left him a note wanting to plan to meet in one year if they truly want to be together. Plot twist, he ends up getting with Kim, who's Sarah Jessica Parker, who ran off to leave her ki- her, her daughter with a bunch of random kids on New Year's Eve because that's safe. Um, she shows so. up in, like, a carriage. Yeah. All right, so that's pretty much all the stories wrapped up. We also end with the Masquerade Ball with Ingrid and everybody's hanging they're all, out. They're all dancing. They're all dancing, and then we get a blooper reel because... Gotta have a blooper reel. What is it you said? You said you know this movie's you know, terrible. You know a movie's bad if they have a, they have to put a blooper reel in the credits. Which and that's and that's when I <laughs> brought up that one. I was like, well, what about Monsters Inc. And I and I know I know that seems like that way, but I I have to point but out you said they had to make you this. have they yeah. they wrote out like literally they scripted these bloopers. Uh, and I I may take that back. Which are very P- funny bloopers. Please tweet at me at, at Coltahonaho. That's C O L T O H O N I H O. And let me know what good movies have bloopers at the credits. I actually did look up some movies that had bloopers in the credits just to see. Because I was curious. I was like, is that is that a legitimate take? And there was some decent movies on there. Um, but they're all the same ilk of the same kind that have like these funny romance comedies that are trying a holiday lot of things. Movies? Yeah. Well, not holidays. Because a lot of them were like Anchorman and... What Anchorman's else? good. What else did I see on there? I saw like, but these comedy movies, uh, of course, Toy the ones Story. with the blooper reels. I think he said, "Look, I'm Woody." Howdy, 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 <laughs> howdy, 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 howdy. All right. Well, that that I mean, that's the story. So let's uh, let's move on. Let's just talk about this whole thing as a whole, Joshua. Just and if it sounded like it was a long explanation, it's because it was. It, it's, it felt like a long movie. We kept checking the time. We're like, we yeah. we're still got another hour. <laughs> can I? Can I rant? Let's, can let's I just it. can I just rant real rant, quick? Rant, rant. Just gonna, give me give me five minutes to rant. Uh, maybe not, maybe not that much, but listen. After watching Valentine's Day, after going through that two hour movie, seeing eight or nine storylines that never connected, never made me feel anything. I was like, "There's no way this movie's going to do anything." This movie does a, lo- a few things better than Valentine's Day, but it's the same. It's the same name. It's it's literally. You're putting lipstick on a pig here and trying to call it Sally. It's not anything new. It's nothing different than what we've seen. It's the same kind of story. It's the same setup. It's the same characters, just different people, just different things. And I I, I hate all of it. 
Like I hate all these things because it I can't care about a character when you keep switching to a different storyline. I wanted to get invested in Randy and Elise, but when I've only seen them in this elevator for five minutes and they're already trying to make out, it, it means nothing to me. I want to care about Jensen and Lara. But when with one apology, he turns her whole life around where he walked out on her a year ago after breaking off an engagement he started and she just forgives him because he oh i i broke up my broke off my tour i i still love you all this stuff it doesn't mean anything to me i don't care about any of these characters i don't care about any of this story it doesn't do anything to me and even the cool little plot twist even finding out that stan is the dad of of uh, claire even finding out that kim and sam were the two we were supposed to meet a bunch of cliches that we've seen in stories before, which is fine. It's fine. But I feel like they are putting too much on this movie. That you're, you're, like, you're supposed to already be so invested that this is the cherry on top of the cake. No, this is the cake. It is a small little turd cupcake that is no good. No one wants to eat. And it is disgusting. And it's just it's sitting there. It's sitting there <laughs> staring at me for two hours. This movie, again, two hours. <coughs> hours long and i cannot i cannot this is this is like if somebody tried to propose to you on a speed dating thing exactly like this is exactly what it is it's like literally because it because it's telling you it's like be invested in me right now this quick yes yes like it is literally the snap (laughs) so all of this just it just gets to me when it's like i and and they're playing off it has all the star appeal you got Ashton Kutcher starring in this, who also starred in Valentine's Day. You got Jessica Biel, who also starred in Valentine's Day. You bring in Hilary Swank, a 90s actor. Ludacris, who is, at this point, not really big. Zach Efron, who's a rising star. Sarah Jessica Parker, who was bigger before this. They bring in a lot of stars that have kind of lost some of their appeal. Like, these people who were bigger in the early 2000s and the 90s, but have really don't have that it factor anymore. Ashton Kutcher, maybe you could argue. Zach Efron. Zach Efron was on the rise at that point. And they're bringing in some characters who are on the rise. Abigail Breslin, I think, started in quite a few things after this. But then you well, bring in like... Well, I feel like I feel like the reason why they're having all these big actors come on is because they know that it's not it's, a good story. It's all they have. Yeah. But that's my point, is that they're not even that big of... I, I know I said a second ago, like, they bring in these big actors. What I mean to say is, like, they bring in all these actors that at one time were big, were the, the like cream of the crop, right? Ashton Kutcher in that 70s show and, and Sarah Jessica Parker when Sex and the City was on, like those the big, big actors. This is 10 years down the road, maybe five or six years after some of these shows have ended and, and they bring in like some of these other characters and actors who either aren't big yet, have just left Disney Channel. I mean, seriously, Zac Efron, Jake T. Austin, and, and then you bring in some of these other characters who just... They don't have anything anything else going on right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I literally am watching this movie, and I'm thinking, can they really try? Like, are they trying to take this role seriously, or do they know this is just a paycheck? Do they know that this is just another, check it off the list, okay, it's done, I got my few million dollars from it, and they're done. But I really, I don't see how they could really care about this movie. It doesn't, it has no appeal to it. I don't see... If you, if you really enjoy this movie, I need to know. I need to know that you're out there because I need I need to know why. It's probably going to end up like a cult classic. I don't... It'd be like a certain set of people that just really enjoy it. Well, they're they're drinking the Kool-Aid real hard. They're, <laughs> they're chugging, they they're chugging, chugging it. that Kool-Aid because there is nothing in this movie that makes it any kind of classic. I mean, you... So, like, when you get these characters... But again, there's too many storylines to follow. 
like I was typing this out and I was literally like pausing because I was like, oh man, who does Leah Michelle play again? Which character is Jessica Bill? I know Ashton Kutcher because he's so it's so obvious who he is. Yeah. But it's like most of these other characters, it's like what I didn't even know what Ludacris was. He was a, he was a police officer. I thought he was a security guard. They never who is, who really is established the other rapper. Common, common the rapper. He was Chino, the uh, soldier that was in. Oh, okay. And then you do bring in someone like Halle Berry, who is still pretty big, and she has one of the smallest roles in the movie, or Robert De Niro. But it's again, it's like this lull in these actors' career. It's like, hey, you want to come to this movie and make a few million dollars? They're like, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we found out, and I don't know this, but I wouldn't be surprised if we like found out that Halle Berry was like, yeah, I only was in this movie because they had me in such a small role, and I knew I was going to get paid well for it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, so, that's that's my biggest qualm with it is how the the scenes are so short. There's no there's no time to invest in these characters. Yeah, there's just there's no time for me to connect with these characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I said, it's you know somebody somebody's trying to propose to you on a speed dating. It's like there has been no time yeah. whatsoever to yeah. connect with you. I know nothing about you guys, and I honestly, you've not made me want to know anything about you. Besides, uh, some of you are kind of attractive. Uh, you know, <laughs> Hillary like, Swank is she hot or not? Listen, listen, we can, we don't have to go into the office debate, <laughs> but just settling where I'm at on it, Hillary Her Swank face is not symmetrical. Hillary Swank is hot. Okay. <laughs> Like not at the beginning of the movie, didn't you say something about big teeth? She has big teeth, but that's okay. She's still she's still an attractive lady. We don't have to get into that. Let's not. Let's move on from that. that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, Joshua. Would you like to hear some some what the, some of this? Uh, excuse me, Joshua. Would you like to hear some of the awards this movie was uh, awarded or nominated for? I would. I would love to. Thank you, Wikipedia. By the way, thank you for doing this. Uh, not a sponsor, but also a big source. Um, yes. Couldn't use it in college, but they should have let me because I'm using it a lot now. So the it won. It only won one award. At the Alliance of Women's Film Journalists, which I, I don't, I'm not sure what that is, but it's apparently it's an award ceremony. <laughs> and the category, oh my gosh. I didn't even read the category. The category, actress most in need of a new agent. <laughs> 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 Guess who won? All the actresses in New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it was nominated for. B- the BET Awards, Best Actor, Common, the, the Soldier. In it for two minutes. The Golden Raspberries, which is like an award for if it was a terrible movie. Worst Picture, nominated. Worst Director, Gary Marshall. Worst Actress, Sarah Jessica Parker, which I think she did okay. I would give that to like Abigail Breslin in that movie. Yeah, the yeah the daughter and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Worst Screenplay, Catherine Fugate, uh, the, the screenplay writer. Worst Screen Ensemble, the entire cast. All nominated for these. It did win a, um, the Golden Fleece for, at the Golden Trailer Awards for one Domestic Night trailer. It's, that's just for film trailers. So it, the trailer won. So it made you think, hey, this could be substantial. I, I guess that's something. That is something. And at the Teen Choice Awards, it won <laughs> Choice <laughs> Teen Choice Awards. Choice Movie Scene Stealer Female for Leah Lee Michelle won that. Choice Movie Scene Stealer. That is a mouthful. What does that mean? It doesn't tell me anything. Okay, thank you. Oh, so they were parodied by Saturday Night Live. Thanks, Wikipedia. Um, and thanks for whoever actually wrote this stuff <laughs> and Wikipedia sourced out. So that's funny. This must have been a, I mean, obviously it's not good, but it must have been a bigger movie during that time than I thought it was. I'm glad you said if that. Because SNL, it, you know, did something. It opened number one at the box office with $13 million when it came out. 
It made $54.5 million in the United States and Canada. But how much well, did it cost to do? Um, as well as $87.5 million in other countries for a worldwide total of one hundred forty-two. It costed... Ooh, there's a Mother's Day. We have to watch that, too. Didn't you say there's a Groundhog's Day, too? Well, that's just a... The, You're talking about the Bill Murray? The one? Bill Murray movie, yeah. Oh! <laughs> yeah, I was, like, I was making a joke. I was like, well, there's Groundhog's Day. It, I didn't think you were making a joke, but it, I did think of that. It costed... Fifty-six million. So they exceeded the budget. No, yeah, they they exceeded the budget. They made about a hundred mil, maybe ninety mil on it. So I mean, they it's it's so it's somewhat of a, of a success if they made it past their budget. Yeah. Well, Valentine's Day. I didn't look this up in the past podcast. It had a budget of fifty-two and made two hundred and sixteen, which is disgusting. Two hundred and sixteen million. 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 Well, it came out first. It did right? come out first. So I'm sure. I'm this, sure the reason why New Year's Eve didn't do so well is because of Valentine's. Yeah. And that's Day. the other thing about this movie is that it it just it is clearly there for the theatrical release. It is clearly there. Like this movie cost me a dollar. Like I bought it for a dollar, but it's clearly well, there. It's also to, over ten years old to get. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah, it, but it's there to get like the teenage couples, the 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 date night people. It's there to grab them on, on to cash in on another holiday. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so that's that's pretty much all I have to say about this movie as far as that goes. But I, I, I have nothing more to say about this movie as far as like the story goes. I mean, you heard us read them off. If any of them sound compelling to you, um, don't don't watch this movie for that story. I mean, if you just want to torture yourself, go. I'm go sure there's it. a YouTube story, like maybe like all the clips from this storyline or all the clips that include this girl. Ooh, what if they did do that where they just yeah. mashed all of them together? That would be, well, I don't want to say that would be smart. I don't know. Burn this movie. That'd be smart. So, Joshua, let's um, let's jump into like some of, like what, first of all, what was your favorite storyline out of all these? My favorite storyline? Like what was the best, the best done storyline for you? I would, I would probably say it's, it was the RV one. Um, um Sam Jr. Sam Ahern Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just like the people he has to ride with are pretty funny, like that horny old man. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. really kept asking. It's like, old man. so tell me, he like kept asking some inappropriate yeah. questions, and I mean, just like the family was like invested in like yeah, and the his story about meeting this girl. Yeah, we I kind of did skim over that, but he does tell, like recount the story of how he met this woman, and he's not sure if he wants to be there and. He's like, I don't know if she'll show up. And they're like, oh, you like. They're like, you're, you're scared, aren't you? You're scared that she will show up. And then the old man's like, I'll go meet her. I'll go. I'll, I, I'm I'm a widower. Oh, my. I, I could use a good lady in my life. Oh, my arthritis. Oh, I'll, I'll, I forgot what he said. He said something like, I'll. <laughs> I'll, I'll tap that. I think he said, yeah. I'll tap that. Of course, I want, was that, were they saying that to mean. I think he meant it as a sexual reference. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. My favorite one was twenty five thousand dollar baby, just because it had the that best. That one. That one was good. Yeah. Had the best comedy in my in my mind, especially with uh, Seth Meyers when he's trying to get everything packed up. There was a lot of funny moments in that scene. I would encourage you to go on YouTube and look up that scene where he's trying to get her ready to have labor because the funniest parts of that movie are in that scene for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of um, oh man, what do they call it? Something well, that's humor. that's always good comedies like first time dads like the yeah. wife's in. And later, yeah. or you know, the water breaks, and they're like, like "What do we do? What do we do? Grab the bags!" And then he throws the bags and in it, a taxi. when he's trying to get the taxi. Yeah. 
and they end up on a bicycle taxi. So that's the best part of this. Because someone took the taxi that he stopped. Yeah. yeah. What was your least favorite storyline? My least Like what favorite. the worst one. And like, why was this in there? What, what were the other ones again? So we got, um, you want me to just read the titles or like, yeah, okay, RV the there yet. Okay. Which you said was favorite. your best. Yeah. $25,000 baby. Okay. At death's door. Okay. The pop star and the chef. Okay. Elevator Ooh, issues. Pop star and the chef. Really? Yeah. I didn't, yeah, I didn't like that one. I, it would have been, so this would have been a good match for uh, I feel like Day. the only redeeming quality in that story is uh, Sophia. Sophia. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's the only redeeming quality. Yeah, and I, I agree with you on that. Not that it's the worst. There is one other one I don't like more, but it's in the similar well, that's the vein. one I, I like least. Yeah. What, um, what, so just tell me like, what's so like irredeemable about it? I just found it to be real, uh, like a boring story. Yeah. And I mean, because, and like what you said earlier, he just, um, makes this big, like, I'm not going on tour. Yeah. And she, she's okay him. with it. It's like you, you proposed to me yeah. and then you said you're not ready and walked out on me. Yeah. And now you just show up out of nowhere trying to trying to win me back. Yeah, I mean it's gonna have to do a lot more work than that. Yeah, that's the thing is like if they would have started off like, hey, like I'm not ready to just marry you, which is what they like plan on doing. Yeah, but if it was more along the lines of I'm I'm ready to like look at our relationship and try again. And again, I think I think what's so irredeemable irredeemable about it is that it just wasn't fleshed out enough. And that brings me to my least favorite, the young and the restless, which is <laughs> oh yeah, the that most. One is, that one is pretty bad. Yeah, can I be honest with you? Go for it. Can I? Can I like be frank with you? Do it. Transparent. Hello, I think Frank. Just <laughs> my halo. Uh, I think Sarah Jessica Parker was fine. I think she was a good actress. I liked her character. Yeah. I liked her trying to be the single mom. If they would have played more into her being single mom, trying to take care of a daughter who's wanting to rebel and hang out with her friends. And not just like give it all up and then be like, I was just being selfish. Yeah. I should have let yeah. her hang out with her friends on New Year's after 12 o'clock and then go to an after party afterwards. That's, I mean, that's. Again, I feel like if some of these storylines, like the ones that are more connected together, yeah, like uh, um, Hillary Swank, Robert De Niro, Halle Berry, their stories, you know, if it was made into a full fledged movie, it'd be good. They would be, yeah, they would be good. Yeah. It's good premises. But just there wasn't enough time for it to yeah. be good. It's it's like they took a bunch of uh, short stories or a bunch of um, a buffet buffet. Yeah, uh, like they they went to the Sundance uh, Movie Awards, found all these like short films, and just like, hey, can we steal this and throw it in our movie? A hodgepodge of uh, random storylines. Well, sure, why not? And so, but Young and the Restless has no has no not not the show. Well, I guess the soap opera this counts for that too yeah, because yeah. it has no. No meat, no depth. I mean, well, I guess I don't. I'm not saying all drama. All drama. It's it's all like made up drama too. Yeah, like they have to play it out at the end. Not, not only is she just re rebelling, but she's also um, just this. I don't know. It's just like this crazy, dumb, dumb storyline. I I I did not like it. Well, be well because of, you know we can't we couldn't get attached attached to the characters. Yeah. It just seemed like the really cheesy teenager single mom thing. Yeah. 
and my ma- mom is like trying to control me. And and maybe it would seem better if we were younger. You know, if we weren't in our late twenties, yeah. maybe it would feel more <laughs> That's ad- like probably true. <laughs> but at the if same, we weren't men in our late twenties. <laughs> at the same time, I like I'm just thinking. No, it's it's still dumb. Like it's still awful. It's still a a terrible storyline because. Yeah, yeah. Like the mom, like they're again, the mom just backs down. She just, all the stuff she's holding on to, it's not like a redeem, like a redemption arc for her. It's, it's just like, she's like, ah, I give up. Yeah. I gotta go. I gotta go do my own thing. Like I actually have to go meet my own man. So I'm going to let you just hang out with your friends and do this thing. This is just, again, they had to wrap it up really quickly, but they had to add a little bit of spice in there. So they throw the random girl that we don't even know. Yeah. I think we meet her twice in this movie and th- that kisses, um, uh, Jake T. Austin's character, Seth. Well, and the and another big problem is is I understand that she she learns the lesson like, oh, she's growing up. She doesn't need a helicopter mom. Yeah. But the thing is, is she ran out into New York City, mm-hmm. you know, without telling her mom that she was leaving yeah. all by herself. And she's she's a young girl. Yeah. I mean, I would be furious. It's like, do you know how dangerous yeah, that is? That is, it's dangerous to walk around like here at night sometimes. I mean, you yeah. know, and we live in like the backwoods of, uh, you know, shout out to Spruce Pine, North Carolina. It's hick town down here. And so we, <laughs> like, we live in a country town and yet there's towns around like there's, I mean, we live an hour away from Asheville, which is one of the like most crime ridden yeah. cities yeah. in the U.S., I think. So, I mean, the fact that, she ran out and things like that. And the mom's like, oh, yeah, you can go with your friends. Yeah, it's fine. It's like, I, I understand yeah. that she needs to have that that character development where she understands her, her daughter's growing up. It's like, There's, you, you still ran out in the city by yourself. This is, you make a jump that you can't afford to make. to And you miss the spot you were trying to land. Yeah, They're trying yeah. to land her as like a caring mom who wants to give her daughter so it's like, okay, you're more mature now, but there's no, again, we have uh, the biggest problem with this movie. We have no time to watch these characters yes, grow. Yes. We have no time to watch these. I'm getting my right. It's like, it's stop. like instant changes too. Yeah. It's like, there's no, there's no development. There's mm-hmm. no, there's no heartache yeah. seeing, seeing these characters yep. suffer and no joy at their change. Yeah. It's like they're, they're building up. They're trying to build up to it and they just have no time. So it's like, we got to, oh, I don't up. even feel like there was a buildup. For, yeah, for this story, I guess there wasn't. There really wasn't. Yeah. Um, it was just like, uh, you know what? I got to meet this guy. I want to meet. I was going to not meet him because I wanted to hang out with you because that's what she said. She's like, I want to hang out with my daughter. But no, she blows off her daughter to yeah. go meet a guy. Which, the, a guy that she doesn't even yeah. know the name of. Yeah. So, I mean, again, Sarah Jessica Parker, come on. Which, I mean, she she knows New York City. She's seen it a few times, if you know what I mean. Um, I, that sounded weirder than I meant it to. I just meant like she was in the movie, that's the show Sex and the City, and so she was in that. Uh, yeah, so she's walked right, around yeah. New York City. Anyway, uh, anything else you want to say about this movie? Eh. Anything redeemable about this movie as a whole? Redeemable? Yeah. I feel like it was pretty comedic. I feel like it had some good moments. I, it, had, it had its good moments. I will I will give it that. Um and I feel like there maybe some parts had some developments to it. Maybe yeah. like in like the elevator scene. Yeah, it happened quick, but there I feel like there was like slow slow developments and yeah. they're like, oh, this they're not so bad. Yeah, yeah I, I really don't have much else to say about it either. I've kind of and that's the thing too, is I can't be angry at this movie like Chandler was at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Three. 
Because while he called that a boring movie, he at least had something to say about it. And I really, besides what I've said, which is, again, kind of a lot of generic stuff that you would say about a movie, yeah. you could say that about this movie without watching it. And I just yeah. don't think it's such a bad movie. It's not so bad it's good. It's just bad. From now on, anytime Chandler comes on, we need to have a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles scale. Yes. Uh, how, how On a scale of one to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three, <laughs> how much do you hate this movie? <laughs> All right, well, let's jump into our final scores here. We're going to be looking at stories, since there was only 100, acting, enjoyability, memorability, and holiday spirit. Joshua, what would you give stories? Um, I'm going to give it a four. Four. Because, like, I mean, the whole rant yeah, that yeah. Me and you just went on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's there's no a need to say more there. Yeah. Uh, I'm giving it a 2.5 because... Ooh, I almost gave it a two. <laughs> I thought about it, too, and I was like, you know what? I enjoyed a little bit of the stories, 2.5. We're going to next acting. I'm giving it a six because again, actors weren't at their best, but they did have some decent acting in there for the most part. Sarah Jessica Barker. I think he did fine. Ashton Kutcher. I think he did fine. Not, not a lot going on there. Oh, I forgot to mention that, um, the president of Ahern records oh, yeah, is uh, the guy a, from Ferris Bueller's day off. And his yeah. name is Bueller Steen or something like that. Some, something Bueller-ster. You, you're like, Whoa, yeah. Bueller or something yeah. like that. And it's like, okay. All right. Nice reference. <laughs> sure. Points, sure. Points. What'd you give acting? I'll give it a seven. Okay. They they are big name actors. Mm. Um, they've they made it to the top. Mm. You know, whether they once were were going to be. Yeah. I mean, they're they're still big actors. So I think they did a good job with what they were given. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Next enjoyability. And I have two scores here. I'm going to go with a score that I actually gave it, which is a seven only because I watched it with you. If you're going to watch this movie, watch it with somebody you can laugh at it with. That's the point. Of, that's the Warning. point of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like find a group, put it on in the background. And so you can like look at it. And be, what, did, what did you give Valentine's day? Oh, I, I didn't get to that part. Cause I um, didn't get to finish the podcast, but I don't, mm. I gave it a low score and that what I would give this, if I had to watch it alone, a three. So just keep that in mind. Now I did tally up both scores and the three did not make that much of a difference. It dropped it down one point, yeah, but yeah. what did you give a joyability? It was definitely, you know, it, I feel like if you're watching something, especially comedy, I mean, I'm sure by yourself, it's still funny, but it's even funnier with other people, mm-hmm. but I still gave it a five. Okay. Uh, middle of the way. That's fair. It's like, it felt like a really long movie. Yeah. And, and, you know, if it's not, if something feels long, then it's long. I mean, it's it's yeah, too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Memorability. Would you give it? I'm going to give it a five as well. Okay. Because, I mean, I'm sure within the next couple of weeks, I'm not going to remember much about it. Yeah. Or any, or at least big detail. Yeah. Or we're um, only going to remember how much we hated watching this movie. That's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I gave it a one. <laughs> <laughs> there we go there we go because well, it's cause, like because there's no with holiday movies you know there should be some sort of impact yep well actually i would say there's a little bit of an impact if snl did a skit mm, there is i guess 
I'm still giving it a one. <laughs> and I, I don't blame. Hey, I don't blame you there. As punishment for being this movie, <laughs> like it's you know it's, you should not exist. It's like, yeah. Lastly, holiday spirit. What did you give it? You know what? I'm gonna give it an eight because okay. because I feel like there are a lot of themes to uh, to this movie that encompass uh, New Year's because. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Robert De Niro dying. It's like, oh, the end. Well, no, 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 no. So, so, just, you have Robert De Niro dying. That's it. Oh, that's it. Well, he. So that shows the year is coming to an end. Then you got the babies being born. Okay. Then you've got like new relationships starting. You've got old ones, you know, being rekindled. So I would say that it it encompasses new year's eve okay the spirit of new year's so i'm gonna i'm gonna give it an eight at least that is fair that is fair and you're making me change my score um a little bit i was gonna give it a three but i'm gonna give it a five okay (laughs) um which doesn't change my score at all why couldn't i have that that kind of debating skill during the other episodes (laughs) (laughs) uh because those were important That actually, I didn't mean that as like a dig on you. I meant that as a dig on the movie. It sounded worse than I thought. Um, so, so let me do a little word association. Okay, please. Robert De Niro. Okay. Death. Yep. Year ending. Okay. New Year's. New Year's Eve. Yeah. Robert De Niro's death is the beginning for us all. It's it's the it's the he's not, not a epitome. Is that the right word? I think so. The epitome of something. It's the epitome of uh, of New Year's Eve. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's all rejoice in Robert De Niro's death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Robert. Anyway, De, anyway, listen, he's still alive at the recording of this podcast. We do not want him to die. <laughs> um, we are not trying to noted, him. noted. But let me say the one thing: if you want to make this movie better, if you there is several moments in this movie I think would have been hilarious and would have been really funny if just like people just got started falling off stuff, like someone just like not not Robert De Niro. But like someone just randomly dies. Like Laura falls off the balcony. Uh, Kamansky, when he's on the New Year's ball, just slips off of it and like ends up in the hospital. I, I think it would just you want to add to this movie an element that's not there. Yeah, just make everyone keep like end up in the same hospital because they all fall off of stuff or get thrown off a building. Um, Do blooper esque things. Yes. Oh, uh, we. Oh man, we didn't talk about the bloopers at all. We talked. No, we talked a little bit. We about did. Them. Um, they were not. They were okay. The bloopers, you know, it doesn't redeem the movie, yeah. but it is an it is a redeemable. Quality. It is it is a decent part, but um, yeah, the bloopers were okay. It was pretty it funny. Was, oh, and I I I did say about the Valentine's movie because there was bloopers in it too. Also, speaking of bloopers, they reference Valentine's movie by pulling it out when they're trying to have the yes, baby, like, like in the bloopers. Like, oh, 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 yeah, when she's giving birth, like the baby doctor. Pulls it. She pulls out a second. Oh, pulls yeah. out a Blu-ray and a There's DVD. A, yeah. She's like, "Oh, twins!" And it's the it's the Valentine's DVDs. I'm like, "Oh man, yeah, no." <laughs> that is the. I wonder if Mother's Day. Day. I wonder if Mother Day Mother's Day has a reference to. I would hope so. I would. What hope if Ashton so. Kutcher's in that one too? That'd be hilarious. I know Jennifer Aniston's in it. So, ooh, for Mother's mommy. Day, <laughs> shh, don't listen, Amanda. He doesn't mean it. Um. <laughs> uh, so Joshua. Let's tally up these scores and get out of here. What was your final score? It came out to be a 7.25. Oh, my I gosh. rounded it down to wow. 25. Or, I mean, <laughs> I rounded it down to 0. 0.25. 
This seven. Okay, I got a four. Well, I was surprised about it too. I was like, holy cow. Which leaves us at a five and a half with our two scores combined. So which Vista Film I would say I would say that's that's grace. It's too high. That's grace. It's too high. <laughs> I I am going to be legalistic here. That's too high. <laughs> you deserve what you get. Burn in hell where you belong. <laughs> I have no soul. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Uh, Happy New Year's. We hope you enjoy this new year of new Feast of Film coming to you just a week from now. Super excited for for the movies that are coming Yeah. Out. So for January, we're going to be looking at the, the movies in 2022 we want to share with you. That's not what we're calling it, but I rhymed Ooh, that's, it. That was good. I like that. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Came up with that all by myself, yep. sitting in my PJs. But until then... Keep feasting on all that film, and we'll see you next year on Feast of Film. Happy New Year. Happy New Year's. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and all anxiety? Yeah.